Mom Guilt and How to Overcome It. Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for the special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Tiffany Mason, CEO of Virtual U. When she found herself in an unfulfilling sales position and in the middle of the COVID pandemic, she wondered what else was out there and could she work from home to be available for her daughter? Who knew if the kids would be returning to school? After completing a course based on a creating a business around your passions, she developed Virtual U. She is very skilled podcast manager with a passion to repurpose your podcast content to get you maximum exposure from one episode. She helps podcasters create your web on the web. She also knew she wanted to walk the walks since she knew she'd be talking with her clients, so she started her own podcast titled Memories with a Beat. You'll want to check it out if you love music and hearing others' memories. You can tune into it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Audible, and other popular podcast platforms. She hopes you find her on social media at VA. She loves your reactions to the podcast episodes as well as whatever else she is up to. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Intimacy Truths podcast where we have Tiffany from Virtual You. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh my gosh. You are very welcome. I'm super excited. Sort of excited, sort of not excited because this topic isn't necessarily a fun one to talk about, but it's an important one to talk about is mom guilt and how to overcome it. So please tell us your story and how, where it all started. Sure. So my husband and I have been married 20 years. And my husband has always worked uh, really long hours. So he works anywhere from like 12 to 16 hours, which leads me to do a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. And so um, just our whole marriage, I've always really focused on our kids, made sure I was available. I feel like kids need that adult figure um, present so that they know that you care. They know that they are held uh, accountable to the rules that you've set in place for your family. Um, And so then I have, so then I I worked like part-time 
And um, that was fine. And then recently in the last, well, I guess we've been here four years now. So in the last five years, uh, I started working full-time. And when I worked full-time, when we lived in New York, we were there for a short amount of time. It was a little bit easier because we were seeing my husband more than we'd ever seen him. Mm. That was great. Then we moved down here and uh, we see him about the same amount. He's working roughly 12 hour days. Um, And so that makes it a lot easier, but I still feel like I, I put all the responsibility on me to be available for our children, to do fun things with them. I try to be very intentional with the time that I spend with them. Mm -hmm. I want them to know, I hear them, I see them, I'm present. I don't want to be on my phone. I don't want to be doing all these things. So then I had a, a nine to five that I was not enjoying. Um, and I thought, okay, what, what could I be doing? So I started off on one venture. I took this like super intensive three-month course on like how to build a business out of your passions. In that time is where I came to grow virtually you um, and it's podcast post-production. So it requires a lot of focused uninterrupted time to edit other people's Mm -hmm. podcasts right Mm -hmm. and I'm responsible for a great sounding podcast at the end of the day so it was requiring me to say like to my children like to put a wall up and be like no I can't talk to you right now which killed me (laughs) killed me and at the same time I was trying to learn as fast as I could everything about podcast editing, the software, the business standards, uh, best practices. I'm trying to listen to podcasts about podcasting. I'm trying to uh, market my business. I'm trying like everything. Plus I'm taking this intensive course. It was two meetings a week as a big group. It was one meeting a week as a smaller group. It was another meeting a week as a really tight knit group. So it was just a huge time commitment and it really kind of killed me. So I tried to find other ways to get my work done, but still be available for my children. The way you want it to be. And I'm sorry? The way you want it to be. Absolutely. Versus the way you felt like you had to be. Correct. Yeah. So thank goodness I have an older son. He lives in Orlando and he's so much like me that I'm glad that he's the one that is gone because he's the one that is, you know, he definitely pushes me more and we have a little bit more disagreements just because we're so, so insanely similar. Yeah. Um, and then I have a 17 year old son and he just goes in his room and he doesn't really need anything, but then I have a 10 year old. What's that? He doesn't need you anymore. He used to, but not so much now. He's got his independence now. That's right. That's right. He, he does. And he has a lot of really cool things going on actually that he does online and through gaming and Twitch and all that good stuff. Um, and so we talked, we, we touch base with him, but he's a very insane, hardcore introvert. So he doesn't need that social interaction like our daughter does. And our daughter is very much like me. She wants to see her friends. She wants to be outside playing. She wants to go somewhere. She wants all these things, right? So I'll no longer sit down to start working on something. It could be a marketing thing. It could be editing. It could be anything. And she'll need something immediately. And it's like all these interruptions. So I got really torn between, um, you know, being available for her, but also selfishly feeling like, well, you know what? I've been really available. I love you to death. You know that. And so I'm going to switch modes a little bit here and be a little bit selfish. And so I took that on. And then I was trying to figure out like, how do I get this editing done? How do I not be interrupted, but also not be this grumpy mom, right? That's always Mm -hmm. like, 
what? Oh my gosh, what do you need now? So I came up with this great idea to drive a school bus. So I drive a school bus in the mornings. Um, I come home, I get five, well, four and a half uninterrupted hours to edit, to network, to take discovery calls, to talk to prospective clients, um, all that great stuff that every business needs, especially as an entrepreneur. And then I go drive again. Well, and, and when I had my nine to five, I was the one that had the benefits. Mm. Well, then when I quit, I was like, what am I going to do? And my husband at that point, we could have taken his on, um, because of change of life or whatever they call it. Um, but I said, you know, I drove school bus 10 years ago. Why don't I do it again? That'd be fine. So now I get my benefits through there. I get my uninterrupted time and I really love driving school bus more than like <laughs> what's normal. Yeah. <laughs> I get a ridiculous amount of joy the just energy. from the kids. Yeah. Yes. Just all the stuff that goes with it. And I really feel <laughs> this is really abnormal, but it's okay. It's exciting to be <laughs> abnormal. <laughs> but when I, when I like complete a turn or whatever, I'm like, did you guys all see that? Like I didn't even bump the tire on the curb. Right. <laughs> Like, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so great at driving the school bus. <laughs> so I'm very fulfilled with the bus. I'm very fulfilled with virtually you. And I think when, when my kids were younger and I was deciding if I would work or not, I always told myself, I want the work that I'm doing to be so fun and fulfilling that I'm okay missing time with them. Mm. Or I better be making a killing to miss the time with them. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't want to come ahead a hundred bucks. I don't want to come ahead, you know, just so I can pay half the mortgage. That's not it. Yeah. I either need to be like really killing it, slaying it to miss this time with them or insanely fulfilled. Yeah. So Hannah is by herself for about an hour and a half after school and she's 10. Um, and I'm finally at peace with it. I never thought I would be at peace with my children being home alone, uh, not being there for them when they walk through the door, asking them how school was, you know, seeing if they needed anything, unpacking their backpack, making sure they're doing their homework. Mm -hmm. It has been, uh, you know, like um, when moms go away and they feel like the house is going to melt down if they're gone and then they come back and they're like, oh, house didn't melt down. I kind of feel that way with um, leaving Hannah, you know, like, how, how will she do it? How will she get in the house? How will everything happen? You know, I've got to be there. And I found that like, while yes, I need to be there and she needs me for the most part, it's okay. You know? And then I also tell myself like, what about all these people that bring their kids to daycare or their kids go to the extended care program? Or, you know, I mean, I used to be home alone a lot and I loved it. So who's to say that she's not actually enjoying it, you know? So I think, um, I had to take myself out of it a little bit mm -hmm. and look at who Hannah was as a person and say, okay, can she handle it? How is this affecting her? You know, is she thriving in my absence? And I think I just finally realized like people do it every day. She's going to live. <laughs> she checks in with me every day when she gets home, she sends me a little text message and my um, phone is propped up in the bus where I can see it. So I can see her little message come through and we've got a good system. And it's fine. No, nobody, nobody, nothing bad is happening. <laughs> yes. So I want to go back to the beginning. Um, one of the things that you were talking about, uh, 
if you're oh parenting and how uh it can be you you were talking about how parents want to be there and deserve to be there and desire to be there and one of the things that i like to share uh with parents you were saying you put a lot on yourself and uh if one of the things that is challenging at least when and when my kids were younger my kids are six five and a half and three so they're still pretty young but when we first started having children, I found that if I left, that everything went haywire. Like husband couldn't mm. pack a diaper bag. Husband couldn't, didn't know what snacks the kids were eating, what their eating schedule is like, what their napping schedule is like. Like all of the yes. details when it comes to parenting, there was a significant inequality in our relationship. And of course, by no means, if he's working long hours, do I expect him to do all of the things when he gets home? However, I do expect him to know. I do expect that equal desire to be involved um, in a healthy way and that and that is a realistic healthy thing for both parents to be able to help the child in whatever way the child needs because if that parent were ever not to be there there'd be a huge disruption and even sure. bigger disruption than it already would be right so uh, I, I wanted to share that with parents so if you're listening and you're a parent and you're like my husband or my partner couldn't do any of the things that I do in the categories, for example, the ones that I've already given, then it's time to have a conversation. It's time to sit down and be like, okay, listen, we need to have a debrief. We need to have a mutual understanding of what the responsibilities are in the same way you would if you're sitting down with your boss and your boss knows what your duties are and your boss hopefully could be able to pick up where you left off if there was maybe ever a change in your, in, as you as the you know employee and hope someday you know in my opinion a good leader will also have it the opposite direction where the employees are understanding of what the the leader does so that the employee can try to grow to do that leadership role or a leadership role in some fashion can i add something to that sure, please i will say and i feel like it's important to say i don't know how my husband did it but yeah. when he would come home from those long exhausting days i'll tell you what he was a hundred percent there for those kids. Aww. It would blow my mind. And it was so great that at the time he would always say, Tiffany, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you stay home with the kids. I don't know how you put up with the fights all day. I don't know how you make all the meals and keep them entertained all that. Right. He gave me a lot of credit. And, and to the same extent, I would say to him, I don't know how you can stand to work for 16 hours. That sounds like super miserable. miserable. Yeah. Yeah. So I would always tell the kids, you know, if they did miss him, I'm like, listen, daddy's working really hard so that mommy can be here with you, you know, so that we can go to the park when you want to go to the mm -hmm. park and those kind of things. Um, and then I will say too, that, you know, I don't know as though Sean could do the things that I would do. Uh, not in the way you do them, but he could at least learn how to pack a lunchbox, right? Like, or well, what I will say is that, whatever his style was, the yeah. kids liked it. Right. You know, and probably because he would have fun with it. Like it yeah. wouldn't frustrate him. Yeah. He'd be like, I don't know, what does mom do for lunch? And they'd be like, mm. he'd be like, you want Wendy's? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah. So go have Wendy's. <laughs> you know, so they kind of liked that yeah. there, you know, I think it's okay for them once in a while to be Of off, course. I know exactly what you're saying too. Yeah. My mother-in-law was really bad at respecting any boundaries, any schedule, any of my requests, nothing. I mean, yeah. I really feel like I would leave her like little notes, you know, like he naps about this time. He has about, you know, uh, 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 you know, these three things for lunch and whatever. Right. I swear the minute we'd be like, okay, bye. I feel like she would just crumple it up and be like, who needs that? <laughs> and like do her own thing. So I think she just taught me to let some of that go a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And, the, the challenge yeah. with that though, is, you know, when you, when you're out on a date, 
it's you want to be able to come back to feeling refreshed and not a child that's chaotic because they didn't stick their schedule wasn't respected oh, you know totally I always came home to that <laughs> yeah which same thing sometimes same thing and so I'm just like I don't know if the date was really worth it <laughs> I just chalked it up to that it was yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm just like, I, I can't decide which one I preferred. Um, the next one I want to bring up though, is, is, uh, you talked about being selfish. And one of my big things with the word selfish is selfish is not a dirty word. It is a good word. It is a healthy word. It is important to fill your own cup. And I know we society, I'm sure you hear it all over the place, self-care, self-care, self-care. Oftentimes it's like, okay, you need to take care of yourself. And then people are sitting there like, but how? Like somebody, I need an instruction manual. I don't know how. Um, and so that's one of the, the first places to start is to change your story in your mind. The agreement you made with the word selfish. Uh, we often make blind mm. agreements as our as children and as young people uh, with the people where we're, see we're seeking information, we're craving to learn. So we're learning from all these people, we're observing, we're watching uh, TV shows, whatever it might be. And the term selfish has such a derogatory ter uh, meaning to it. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bad word. Now, if you, if there are people in your life that you know, are incredibly selfish in a mean way, then you know what not to do. But you also can look at the people who are selfish in a healthy way, and you know now what to do. Um, so try to take some time to, I'm speaking to the listeners, to ask those people, what do you do to take care of yourself? What are the things that you do when you're enjoying who you are and enjoying the things that you love so that you can really start to feel what selfish means in a positive way? Do you have anything can to I, add? Can I add to that again? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the, what you're saying, somebody recently posed to me and said, um, in terms of being selfish, or I don't even know if I use the word selfish at the time, because I don't personally feel like it's, I mean, yeah. maybe a little bit bad, but not really. No, it, uh, I took, a, it took me some time to let go of that derogatory piece to it because I was always deemed uh, selfish in mm -hmm. these ways that were like, what? That's not, how is that? What? That doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> it took me some time to overcome it. Go ahead. Well, um, it was brought up to me that, because I was saying, because everybody does say self-care, right? And, and yeah. one of my things is guilt going to the gym. Mm. I just have guilt leaving my children, period. Like everything that requires leaving my children. And I do it often. I leave my children very often, but it doesn't mean that when I leave, I don't have like a pit in my stomach and then I just kind of get over it. Yeah. Um, but they were saying, well, what kind of example are you setting for your daughter? And I was like, oh. <laughs> because my mother set an example that you wait hand and foot on your husband. Your husband is the only thing that matters. The world revolves around your husband anything he wants, bow down, that is your God. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so thankful now that I'm out of it. Um, I appreciate respecting my husband and doing nice things for my husband and considering him in my decisions. Doesn't mean I'm always going to do whatever I think he would want most. No, sometimes I'm going to do something I want to do, but I love that. I'm setting that example for Hannah mm -hmm. and even the boys. I don't want my two boys to think that their wife needs to wait on them hand and foot. Right, right. You know, right. I want them to know that parents need to be attentive and loving, but parents also need to have a date night. Parents also need to have their own things apart from each other. Well, not you know? even parents, couples, right? Yeah. Parent, I'm your parent, but we are also a couple, right? And sure. we are also individuals. And so we all deserve that, that equality in the time that we're spending in the various ways with the world and the titles that we carry. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so sad when a mom loses her identity. It's like, 
how do you not know what your hobbies are? How do you not know what brings you joy? Like yeah. that just blows my mind. So I'm thankful that my husband needs very little from me. And um, so I've learned to be a different woman than what the way I was raised. And I'm thankful for that example that I'm showing Hannah yeah. and the boys. And um, you know, the other thing he said to me was, how do you feel when you get back from the gym? And I'm like, I feel amazing. And he's like, that's exactly right. So again, you're setting the example that when you do these things, you come back a better person. I'm like, wow, like serious mind blow, right? Like, okay. And that helps me to give myself permission to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. You know, the giving and, and, and the receiving. Mm -hmm. And the giving and the receiving. So you guys are giving a great example of what it is to co collaborate, compromise, and accommodate each other in a relationship, both communicating it, seeing what it is that causes joy for the other person so that you can make sure you can provide that and vice versa. Earlier, you said your husband requires little of you. He, he, he doesn't need anything in you. He wants in you. And that variation is a very important distinction, which decreases the amount of guilt that uh, is placed in relationships. So if there's any guilt that comes up, at least this is how I'm, I'm understanding, if their guilt comes up, it's because of things that you've learned from your childhood where you're breaking those generational patterns. Doesn't sound like he imposes that guilt on you. For how dare you go to the gym, right? When I just worked all day long, which that's what some people hear from their spouses, you know, Absolutely. at the end of the day. So kudos yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. Something that, uh, first of all, did you have anything more you wanted to bring up? I have a question for you. Um, I do actually have another piece of here, giving yeah. children space to learn on their own. That's another thing mm. I wrote down as you were talking here earlier. One of the things, uh, have you ever heard of like lawnmower parenting or helicopter parenting? Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. So the, there's this new thing. Uh, we all know about helicopter parenting, but there's this new lawnmower parenting where parents want to give their kids this perfect crisp green grass that smells so great and it's perfectly green and there's nothing wrong with it and they just get to go off and play in this green grass and that robs the children the uh opportunity to learn and to mm -hmm. learn on their own and not fail we don't want to make them fail we don't want to set them up to fail we want right. to set them up to succeed but Failing isn't necessarily a bad thing. Failing is not failing, it's learning. And when they're learning to overcome and to self-soothe and all those other things that they need in order to survive in our extremely challenging world, giving them that space to expand their wings in a healthy, appropriate time frame is really important. So again, kudos to you for picking <laughs> oh, up thanks. that your daughter needs that space to be able to expand her wings. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's doing great. So, you know. It's just one of those things you got to rip the bandaid off and try. And then you find out, oh, not the end of the world. Exactly. And then there's that last piece to add to that, uh, not taking things personally. When you talked about um, at the end of like, okay, she doesn't actually, it's may, maybe she doesn't have a big challenge with this. And I know I did, or I would, and I'm scared that I might, but she's not. And so then that, that ability to not take things personally mm. is really helpful as a parent. Um, knowing that you both are living two very different situations and yes you have this you know this responsibility of keeping her alive and health and safety and all that other stuff but that doesn't mean that we as parents are this huge authority where we have to do all the things and we're in charge right we want to give them that that opportunity to be in charge and to teach us what it is that they need because their human experience is going to be very different a hundred percent the way our, our human experience was no matter what parent you are. Um, mm. so those are the things. Yeah, I would say that when I realized it, I mean, I just really felt proud. 
I didn't feel yeah. like, oh, she doesn't need me. Yeah. I felt like, honestly, okay, if I can, <laughs> yes, I can please. be real. I was like, <laughs> nailed it on the parenting. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> confident. It's important to be confident. Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a, I just, I felt proud of her and proud of me and, yeah, you know, yeah. everything's going to be okay and they're growing up how they should. So, yeah. Okay. So my question for you is this, and I don't know if, um, you know, whatever. Okay. So when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. my parents were, uh, like on the verge of divorce, but I didn't know it at the time. Okay. So this is like, okay, first of all, they were like hot and heavy, totally in love. Okay. And that was like, from when I was like mm, 12 to maybe 16. Okay. Okay. And they were, but they would go every weekend and they would go camping. And Jenny, my sister and I would stay home alone and she's two years older than me. So I don't know. We were fine. I don't remember ever yeah. being like, yeah, I don't remember being like, they're so abusive. Yeah. So, and we, we loved it. Enough. Yep. And we loved it. And we weren't like party kids or anything crazy like that. And so then I remember when, but when I was 16, something changed. I don't know what it was. If I just needed them more or I don't really know. But I remember I would beg my mother to stay home. Like, please stay home this weekend. Will you please stay home this weekend? And she would always choose to go to my dad, right? Because I told you, like, that's, right? So as an adult, I think we can always look back and we can appreciate what somebody was going through. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the fact that my parents' relationship was getting very rocky. Their trust was an issue. So I think that my mom was going down there to make sure everything was okay. Cause he was at this point, my dad was staying at the campground mm-hmm. and my mom would go see him. I think just on the weekends, cause she had to work, but I didn't realize that they were kind of separated or something at the time. Cause I was like hot and heavy into my boyfriend. So, but oddly enough, I always wanted my mom to be home. And then I would stay at my boyfriend's house like two o'clock in the morning. And then she would tell me I couldn't do that. But me in hindsight, as a parent now, I'd be at that door. I'd be ringing the doorbell. I'd be getting that kid. I'd be setting an alarm, yeah. you know? And so part of me understands what she was going through at the time. And I forgive her because I understand that. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like there can be a piece of me trapped back there that says, come after me, come find me. Why don't you, you know, like you're so tired of your, with your own stuff why aren't you coming to get me? Like I'm misbehaving and you can see it, but yet you're doing nothing about it except for words. Mm. You know, I mean, what is, what do you, and I feel like because of that, that's why I want to be so present and available for my children. It's like my number one goal, but it's like, I was talking to my girlfriend today. I said, yeah, I got to do this Mm -hmm. podcast. I said, I kind of don't want to do it. I said, I have to talk about my emotions and I, (laughs) unfortunately I picked mom guilt. And she's like, I don't know why you have mom guilt. She's like, you're such a good mom. You're so intentional with your children. I said, I know. I said, I think it has something to do with like, like I forgive my mom and I don't really feel like I hold anything, but I have this crazy strong mom guilt when I leave my kids and I have to like constantly like reassure myself, like people do it every day. They're fine. Nothing's wrong. You're a good mom. Like 
what's what's your feedback on that? What's your thoughts? Sure. So from ages two to six, we have we are what's we learn for the way the world is, the way we observe the world is really ingrained in us between ages two and six. That's when we're exploring the most. And then it's really ingrained by age 14. And then by age 35, it's it's usually like really hard to change any of these uh awarenesses that we tend to get as we get older and have more and more experiences in life. Um so between ages two and six, I know you talked about between ages 12 and 16. So something in that time frame really anchored you into that. I do not want my kids to live this way. And usually the, I do not want my kids to live this way is fueled from a personal experience of what Mm -hmm. you experience. And you do not want your kids to experience. I too am very strict with alcohol, for example, there is certain things that are unacceptable, like little minimal amounts of alcohol in my house. If wine, my husband has a glass of wine, maybe once every in a great blue moon, but there's nothing even more crazy than that. I'm very strong and firm about that because I do not want my kids to understand alcohol equals uh, bad, right? Like alcohol can be enjoyed and it can be something that we can have in our, in our world, but just like Oreos, you can have a couple of Oreos, but you don't need to eat the whole (laughs) row, right? All in one sitting. So my big thing is, um, uh, habit forming and, uh, goodness, what's the word impulse control, having good impulse control that is deep rooted in me, um, as, as because of watching so many people not having impulse control. So we all have our various things that we learned our lessons from watching and observing nature versus nurture, right? The things that we experience naturally in our family dynamic or that our DNA is it's already ingrained in our DNA. And then environmentally, um, how we were nurtured as children and what that looks like. So to overcome the guilt is it's not possible to ever let it, like it's always gonna come up. There's always, and it's gonna creep up in ways that you're like, why are you here? I've dealt with you already like seven yes. times today right? So it's going to creep up in times where there maybe there's a new stressor, maybe there's a new transition in life happening, like Mm -hmm. starting your business, right? Mm -hmm. That new business required a lot of time investment, which then caused a transition in your relationship with your children, which then brought up all of the guilt stuff and all of the things (laughs) stemming from childhood, right? So there's going to be life ebbs and flows where it's going to, guilt will be a little bit stronger. And then when it's just not either not going to be there or be super weak. Uh, and so how you handle that is really the question to ask, what are you doing to make sure that you're taking care of yourself when that guilt is super strong? You can't necessarily make it go away. And then being mad that it's there is only fueling that fire. Or mm-hmm. if you're always spending your days, I, I actually talked about this, um, in my newsletter recently, uh, the difference, are you spending your time alleviating pain or enhancing your joy? If you're spending time alleviating pain, oh no, no guilt. I'm fearful. I don't want that guilt to be here. Ah, right. Or if you're like, okay, guilt, I see you. I hear you. And like, off you go on a cloud. Well, I enjoy my, I, I enhance my joys, right? There's okay, two completely kind of what different I do. approaches. Exactly. I can tell you have a good, a good sense of control around how you handle it when it is here. And that's the biggest, most successful thing to do. Well, that makes me feel better. Cause when it does come up, I'm like, like, I yeah. don't. I'm kind of over this, aren't I? Like, I've already dealt with this. So that makes sense why it will come up with the ebbs and flows. So that makes me feel better. But usually I'm like, get out of here. I'm going out <laughs> with my friends and yeah. I go and everything's fine. Once you but, get there, um, it's better. It's, yeah. it's getting there. And then also music. You love your, your podcast is really amazing. Remind me of the name. 
Beats. Memories with a beat. Memories with a beat. Yes. Uh, and it's, a, it's an incredible podcast and music gives you that opportunity to change that flow. So when you're getting that guilt feeling, mm-hmm. basically what's happening is your brain is having a chemical reaction in your body. And when you have mm-hmm. that chemical reaction, if we describe that feeling, that chemical reaction as guilt. So scientifically your brain's going chemical, chemical, chemical. And you're, you're like, Oh God, Oh goodness, guilt, 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 right? You're feeling that guilt. And so what you can do is use your senses to your advantage to change what's you're feeling. So my song, super bloom, which we recorded recently, that is a great song that when I'm feeling like I'm failing and I'm not going to succeed and I'm not going to make enough money and all of my guilt and shame and blame that I put on myself with the thoughts that I'm having, I listen to my music and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, that's right. I am super blooming. Like I am going to be this beautiful flower. little thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So it's all on how we use our, our senses and our, our body to help us versus the things that it naturally can do to hurt us. Interesting. Okay. I like that. Thank you so much. You're oh my welcome. God. Oh, my nerd it bombing. Like it gives me permission to have it. You know, absolutely. Like, exactly. Instead of being like, why? What? I've already dealt with this though. So yeah. thank you. Oh my gosh. It's like permission. Yeah. It's okay. If it comes on now. It's okay. okay. <laughs> exactly. So tell us how, thank you for asking that question. What first off, that was a, an incredible question. And I always enjoy the opportunity to give the, at the core of what we're all handling is the same thing. We all have the same emotion, chemical reactions in our brains. Uh, mm-hmm. or the, there's only so many chemical reactions that we can have that result in of the feelings that we have as people. It's the story or the semantics of the situation that is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people find you? Where can people, first off, I don't think you did, uh, got a chance to talk a little bit about the difference between virtual you. Oh, you did. And, and all the editing and stuff that you do. And then your podcast. So give a little bit more on both. Okay. Virtually you is the concept that I came up with through that program. And it was focusing on passions. Mm. And so what, what the initial idea was, I would coordinate guests for podcasts about music. Okay. So that was great. I was on my way. I was starting to figure out like editing and all that kind of stuff. And then um, in the class on a Sunday, I joked with my husband, maybe I should start a podcast. And then on Monday, she was like, okay, I want everybody to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was just thinking that. Okay. So the idea in the class is you were supposed to start a podcast as a um, lead magnet. So I was supposed to show why I was the expert at podcasting. Well, because it was a class about our passions, I started a podcast about music, Mm. (laughs) not realizing that I was doing the assignment incorrectly, but I will say it is the hugest, biggest blessing mistake that I ever made. (laughs) Uh, I'm so grateful. I did it my way. And my podcast is interviewing people about songs. Um, either they have, you know, some maybe sad memories with it or like one gentleman, he just, it was the love of his life and she passed and he chooses to remember the one song when they would always play it on the way to the beach. Like, so he chooses to honor her memory opposed to, you know, being sobbing and so sad upset and sad. And I think that that's incredible. And then um, I have people like you that come on my podcast and they share amazing songs. Oh, this song, Super Bloom. You guys, if you don't know it, whoa, 
it is so good it has a vibe like girl put your records on mm. tell me your favorite song oh i just i i really love that song super bloom so much um and i played it for my daughter last night and she did not love it <laughs> so what's gonna happen though i played a couple more times and then she gets into She'll it and then yeah, yeah. yeah that but also um, the messaging is very strong and so good. something for her to hear. So that's the one big thing that I'm super big on is messaging and what our music is telling us. Like we don't listen to the radio in our car. It's either Lori Berkner who sings these crazy songs that have like this childlike, uh, you know, tune to it, which I will jam out with her. My husband hates it, but I will jam out with my all three of my kids to Lori Berkner because some of the music and the messaging and the music is terrible. Like one of my other favorite songs right now is, um, uh, by Paramore. Um, oh, what's the name of the song? We talked about it. The name, I forget the name of the song, but it's like, don't go, uh, don't go crying to your mama. And I was like, I love this song. Cause it's like, stand up, be you like do it right. Work through yeah. it. But then I was like, wait a minute, she's seven. And she's repeating that verse. It's like, does she think she can't come talk to me? Because I don't want her to think that, right? So oh, sure. always, you got to be careful with messaging. So Super Bloom is one that I'm like, I can play that, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to play it a little bit more and um, sing the lyrics to her because resilient little thing like your mama uh -huh. made you. Yeah, I hope yeah. that's what she's getting from me. I would be so proud of her if that's what she gleans from my example I hope that's what she gets from me yeah. you know and then just the rest of the words just so good mm -hmm. and then I was trying to get her to be like super bloom yeah. you know like trying to like show her that expansiveness like and patting yourself on the back and I don't yeah. know I just my kids just, will try to mimic the dance that uh the lead singer and Mr. Wives is doing when we do watch it they like what they do oh, they pull the video up yeah she's <laughs> all about some TikTok so if I can get some moves with it I'm in <laughs> love it but yes, yeah, so I, I talk to people about music and just how they connect with it. If it's the music yeah. or the lyrics and so awesome. Um, we're on hiatus now until two weeks, September. Um, I'll be back with season two. And then virtually you is helping other people realize their podcasts. So, you know, they have this idea, people start a podcast and then they go, oh man, this is a lot of time to edit. An episode mm -hmm. will take three to four times as long as the raw content and that's me who's experienced. Yeah. So, you know, if you're slugging through and trying to figure it out for your first couple episodes, you know, I always caution people like, it's fine if you want to have an hour long episode, just know it's going to take you three to four times as long to edit that. Mm -hmm. So um, people go, okay, wait a minute, maybe I should hire this out. <laughs> and that's where I come into play. And then the other thing is just helping people to repurpose that content. There's so much you can pull from a podcast episode mm -hmm. um, to promote it. And then everyone's trying to you know, monetize their podcast. And they're like, how do we do that? Well, you have to have listeners first. So it's getting the message out there. I have a podcast. This is what my podcast is about. Listen to a minute of it. Isn't it amazing? Come listen to the full episode, those kinds of things. Um, so just repurposing their content. And then um, really, I mean, just all things podcasts, what, whatever yeah. the question is, you know, I want to be there to support people um, and just see them succeed and see them enjoy their podcast. I want people to enjoy it. It's so much fun. It totally is. I love it. And thank you for being here. I really have enjoyed this conversation. I completely agree. I, I agree. And I love the mystery is solved. Yes. <laughs> um, tell us your links. Okay. Um, virtually you to see me on any social is at virtually you podcast VA as in 
virtual assistant, or like I like to say, virtual amplifier. And then um, my email is www, or website, sorry, is www.virtuallyuva.com. Uh, Love it. And then do you want to share your email in case that people want to email you? Sure. It's just Tiffany at virtuallyuva.com. Awesome. Love it. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for the special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com.